What's up, guys? This is Bradley. I wanted to tell you about a company that I really, really like, ePay Policy. They completely saved my tail on a case last week. As many of you know, I started my independent insurance agency with a lot of questions, concerns. I didn't know what I didn't know. And that proved true when I wrote my first agency build homeowner's policy. I write this policy and the client tells me, all right, let me pay you with a credit card. I'm like, uh... How do I take a credit card payment? And guess what, guys? Square and PayPal, it's against their terms of service for you to use it for an insurance premium. God forbid somebody pay you and then you end up not getting that payment. So in came ePay policy. They completely saved the day for me, got me signed up within 24 hours. They provide the simplest solution for your agency to collect credit card and ACH payments while finally putting a stop to chasing those paper checks around. I don't want to be in the collection business. I want to be in the insurance business. With ePay policy, you pass the processing fees onto the client, keeping your bottom line intact while providing an added convenience to your clients of accepting digital payments. The page that you send the client for them to make the payment is branded and tailored to your agency. Mine has my logo. And when it comes to reconcile, their accounting dashboard keeps the process clean and simple, and they integrate with all the major management systems, including mine, at no extra cost. Look, they know how busy you and your clients are. They provide the simplest solution for your agency to collect credit card and ACH payments while finally putting a stop to chasing paper checks. There's no contract, no setup fee, no hidden costs. It takes less than five minutes to sign up, and they'll have you up and collecting digital payments within 24 hours like they did for me. Give ePay Policy a call or hit them up online at epaypolicy.com and let them know that the insurance guy sent you. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for I Protect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you? You're getting so good at that. I wish you were announcing my team when I was a championship basketball coach. Man, I, I would have fired the guy we had and hired you. Well, I appreciate you saying that. One of these days, I'm going to sit down and talk about how I came up with that intro. It's pretty interesting how I did that. Of course, I'd, I'd be happy to tell you offline anytime, but. Hey guys, I am so excited about today's podcast because I love high energy people. I love people who are experts in human behavior. And this guy is one of those guys. Uh, you know, we had him on a previous podcast. And I think a few episodes ago, I said it was one of my favorite podcasts I did for last year. And I was, I remember when we, when we got through and I walked off, I thought, man, I wish I could spend three hours talking to that guy on a podcast just to talk about the psychology of people why people do the things that they do, how he helps people every single day. And I, I'm just, I'm humbled and blessed to have him on the podcast. So without further ado, he was born and raised in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He has a master's in education from Middle Tennessee State University. And he has a beautiful wife named Natalie and a daughter named Ella Grace. He is the CEO and founder of Michael Burt Incorporated, America's coach, a former championship basketball coach, ladies and gentlemen. It is my profound honor today to introduce to you for the second time on the Insurance Guys podcast, one of my favorite guests of all time, 
Coach Michael Burt. How are you, Michael? Yeah, thank you, man. Great introduction, great energy. Love being with you guys. Uh, and yeah, I got a beautiful daughter named Ella Grace and a son on the way that's due May 28th. We have not. So if any of your listeners out there have got a good idea on names, we're still stuck on the name. So uh, you got some good names and then send them to us because we're open. I understand that. Well, congratulations for the new. I just want you to know, coach, he's going to come up with a name (laughs) just to let you know. I'm I'm open. Well, I'm going to say this, you know, uh, obviously having a a boy is a little bit different than having a girl, but uh, I know it's going to be a true blessing in your life. And I'm happy for you that you're going to get to experience that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. We're thrilled. We're excited. We went seven years without having a second child. So when Natalie came in and said, we're having a baby, I was like, what? We are? <laughs> we're having, right? Because I didn't think we were going to have any more kids. But it, so, but it's been a, ble- what's a blessing. We're excited about it. Coach, we're going through some tough times here in the U.S. I, you know, we're, we're going to stay on this podcast for an hour or longer if we need to. But I just wanted to get your opinion as somebody who spends every day talking to individuals, coaching them, coaching some of the best and brightest in the U.S. What are your thoughts on um, – just psychologically speaking, how this is affecting, you know, business owners and the people that you that you come in contact with every day? Well, I think it's having a profound effect on business owners and Americans. And I believe there, there are certain principles I operate on as a coach. Right. And what one of mine is it's going to be a, it's going to be a fight, but we're going to find a way to win. You know, if King David in the Bible would have known that what he was going to go through when he became king, he'd have probably said, don't sign me up for that. Right. But he had a mindset. And the mindset was, it's going to be a fight, but we're going to find a way to win. And if you have that mindset, no matter what the external stimulus is, bad economy, recession, virus, there will be something that will attack your immune system of your business Mm -hmm. if you don't build a strong business. Mm -hmm. And I was telling my employees that, thank goodness that we've built a strong business over the last 10 to 12 years. So we don't have to just shut it down within the first couple of weeks. Because right right down the street from me, there, there are businesses that literally within the first two weeks of this have not just closed their door for a temporary, they've already shut the whole business down. And so I'm really big right now in teaching my people how to build a healthy immune system, what you got to do every day, you, you, you know, how, how you got to build a, a growth system, how you got to be ready for things like this, how you have to diversify your offerings. Okay. So I think a couple principles, there comes a time when winter asks what we did all spring and summer. Mm. It, it all goes to zero at midnight. And we go to bed hungry and we go to bed tired and we wake up hungry. If you operate like that every day, it should never take an external threat or an external thunderbolt, what I call it, to wake you up out of a a slumber. What is your opinion? What do you tell the people that you coach relative to daily schedule, what they need to be doing each day? I mean, my personal opinion, I don't know that sitting in front of CNN and Fox every day, spending eight hours watching coronavirus coverage is probably your best uh, course of action there. So what, what are some of the things you're telling your people to do relative to schedule and, and just during this time period, what do they need to be doing? They need to be keeping their normal routine. Yeah. The way you, the way you protect your confidence is you do not allow anything to take you out of the routine. You mm-hmm. chop wood and you carry water. I mm-hmm. still work out every day at the, at, at, in the morning. I still get ready. I still meet with my team at 8.30. Right now, we're doing three Zooms a day with my team. My team is still expected to make 80 phone calls a day on the sales side. We're still servicing customers. We're still scheduling events. Although I can't speak physically places, I'm doing more virtual summits, more webinars, more Instagram, more Facebook Lives. What I'm doing during this period is just pure stimulating. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have time. I mean, I know I have people, plenty of people watch the news that share me what the news says. 
but I personally don't have time to watch it because I got too many things going on. Right. right? And, uh, you know, all I can do is all I can do, which is build a strong, healthy immune system, do what they tell me to do and keep running my business. Guys, I got a small business. I got employees that want to keep their jobs. I got I got a family that wants to keep moving forward. So too many people allow the circle of control to affect their psyche. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you want to focus on is what you can't control. You right. can't control things in your concern. Are we concerned about the virus? You better believe it. My mom's a nurse. I got a great doctor in Houston, Texas that I talk to every other day about what's going on. And both of them would tell you the number one thing you can do is just keep your distance from people, but build a healthy immune system. Your immune system has been exposed to viruses from the day you're born. People have strong, healthy immune system. That's taking your control of what you can do personally. Right. What are some of those ways you have been talking to your clients and partners on how to do that? Well, I was for today, for example, today I was coaching retailers, some retailers that we have in the coaching program. Of course, people can't come in the store, you know, so, so they're trying to figure out diversification models. Can we do a deal of the day? How do we get online? For me personally, I should be doing 40,000 a month online. I should be doing half half a million dollars a year online. Okay. Now, because I'm such a live person and I love the live events, right? Like I saw you guys down there at the event. I love doing live events. I love the energy. I love the hype. I, I'm a former coach. It's like a game day. I have put less emphasis on my online academy, but that was a mistake on my part. I should have been putting more emphasis on my online academy because I was talking to my buddy Bradley at Lightspeed. There's over 300,000 people that have been watching online programming during this period. More people now than ever have been watching online programming. So if you've got online programming or if there's a way, my point is there were untapped or hidden potential areas of my business that I wasn't paying attention to, that this this problem has caused me to, to stand up and go, okay, what do we have in our arsenal? Well, we got online programming. We got a kid's academy that we haven't pushed. And trust me, as much as my wife loves our daughter, you lock them two up in a room for a couple of weeks with each other. She, I think I could sell the kids Academy to my own wife. <laughs> so, so when you think about it, that's a product we could be pushing right now. It's 97 bucks for a year for, for me to coach the kids. So my point is there's all these things we got that we don't think about until we have this thunderbolt and this external factor. I'm trying to get people to be creative. How can I incentivize? Like, here's something I was thinking. I have these high end luxury uh, real estate properties around the country. I got an 8,000 square foot lodge. I got a nine bedroom house in Florida and I rent these out. Well, of course, everybody, can't go. They can't get there. They can't leave their state. So we've had a refund, which has been, you know, a significant amount of money. So I was thinking, what if we incentivize people to to take the house in Florida or book it now, give 50% and we'll give them two days at our, at our big lodge in Tennessee. Mm. What can I do to get people to take action? What can I do to stimulate my own economy? And I'm open to anything. Like Mm. I'm open to any trick tactic that I can. Uh, Our sales numbers were down just a little bit from last month. Not much, but just a little bit. And it's it really happened the last two weeks of the month because of just pure scarcity and fear for people. I'm a member of Brad Lee's Closer School Live. Yes. And uh, I get on there, and not every week, but a lot of times I get on there. And he said something last week that resonated with me. He said, people don't buy when they're confused. When there's confusion, it's harder to get people to buy. But I agree with everything you're saying. I, one of the things he said was, if you've got a way to, you know, sell some type of online training right now, I mean, there's never been a better time. People are at home. They Maybe they've got a little bit more time on their hands. They can do some online training and, and things like that. So he, uh, he's saying some of the th- same things you're saying right now. Well, and, you know, I, I just think 
you got to sell the product and service. Okay. Mm. And you got to, I don't operate from a place of fear. I believe big time people use negative emotions. They use fear. If you really look at the word fear, it's an unpleasant emotion created Mm. by belief that something's going to harm me in the future. Mm -hmm. So if you break that down, it's a belief. Where did the belief come from? Your past, a consideration, something that happened to you. What does it keep you from doing? You're worried right now. The number one killer in the United States of people is not coronavirus. It's stress. It's stress. Stress creates worry. Worry creates dis-ease. Dis-ease creates heart problems and disease and stress. So so when you really back up and look at it, I mean, 300,000 people in the United States die every year from obesity. You know, uh, 52,000 people die every year from the flu. But the number one killer is stress. Okay. So you got to learn how to handle, if you're going to be an optimal player, you got to learn how to handle that. And I handle it through working out. I handle it through how I retreat to attack. I handle it through a number of ways to take on the volume. Okay. I go to an energy doctor in Houston, Texas. So my cortisol that I'm taking is at the right level. That handles stress in the body when the body quits producing cortisol as you age. So there's all kinds of things you can do to gear yourself up for tough times, man. Tough times create strong men, uh, strong women, right? And that's really really what we're, we're finding out right now. Hey, talk a little bit about, you said it just a second ago, retreat, move forward. Talk a little bit about that. I think insurance agents need to hear that. I had a, a real estate agent I coached in Clemson, South Carolina that was so good. And he used to say, man, I hate that you use that word retreat. Why don't you use the word advance? And I said to him, I'm okay with a person retreating to attack. Right. You retreat you formulate, you go, right? I'm not a big believer in contraction, meaning when I get scared, I don't contract. Contraction is sitting at home, eating ice cream, hoping the world don't fall apart. I expand. When I get afraid in my business, I push harder. I make more calls. I schedule more events. I work my database harder. I push out on Facebook Live more. I do, like I never, like expansion is not just spending money, okay? Big time people never contract. They retreat and then they attack. Small-time people, when they get a little bit of fear, they immediately go into a contraction mode. You know, that's kind of what we've done in my agency. The day that the coronavirus stuff kind of really hit across the U.S. and the president came out and talked about it, you know, this is what we're going to have to do. And I actually hired somebody in my agency that day. And we are in the process of changing management systems and doing some of that retreating to attack where we're installing some new technologies and doing some things and getting ready. Because... This is not going to last forever. It, it, it's just not. And so uh, don't know when it's going to you know, come to an end, but when it does, we want to be ready. Yeah, there's 3.2 million. I just saw a stat I pulled. 3.2 million people on unemployment last week alone, last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. If you don't think this is a good time to recruit people, listen, we had the drummer of Little Big Town. He wanted to come sell for me last week because they're not on tour right now. You don't, you, and, and he's got great personality, big energy, good with people. I'm like, man, we'll put you on the phone with people. Sure. And even if you don't know what you're selling, just get on the phone and get them excited and I'll come in and sell them. Right, right, right. <laughs> and we'll yeah. give you a commission for it. We'll give you a commission. So my point is in, in times like this, there's only two mindsets, right? And one mindset is I'm on offense. And one mindset is I'm constantly playing defense. And my whole life has been about offense. When I was a basketball coach, we had a rule to get the ball to the midline in less than in, uh, 2.3 seconds. And the whole strategy there was if we come at you hard enough, long enough, we're going to break your spirit. We're going to win. And that was my philosophy the whole time I was a head coach, which is why we won 75% of our games, right? So same thing is true. Now, how do I convince my employees to have that same toughness, the same mindset of attack, not listen to everything, not get, you know, hear all that noise? It's, it's, mm. it's happening. 
Okay, but what can we do to continue to run? The reality is we got to run the business. We got to produce revenue. I mean, that's just a, that's the cold hard truth of it. Right. Tell me the one thing that you that you see the most. You coach some of the most successful people in the world. I, and one of the, this is a question I've had for you since the last time you and I met. What are some of the things that that you see time after time that from even successful people that need a that need a coach? That hell, I'm one of them that you see time after time where you just immediately identify this thing that they go through. It seems like everybody has that. What is it? I think it's a ceiling of complexity. Mm-hmm. I want you to think of it like this. I always say you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. Right. No matter what level you're producing at, there's most likely somebody producing at a higher level than you. And they figured out something that you have not figured out, okay? Sometimes it's a tactic a coach gives. It's a strategy. It's a mindset. What I do is I coach people through structures. Mm-hmm. So I say, here's five big structures that every business needs. What we find in there is there's almost one or two of those structures that you're undercapitalized on. Mm-hmm. So what we find is what I call hidden potential. Hidden means not in plain sight, obscure, neglected. And we can pick up millions of dollars of new business by showing you a structure and you go, oh, I'm not doing that. Right. Like, like here's an example. I coach a lot of real estate people and, uh, you know, the stats tell me that every transaction you do should be worth 5.7 referrals over the lifetime of the consumer. And when I say that real estate, I said, how many of those would you like to get? Average person is going to buy four to seven homes. How many of those would you like to do? They get like, I'd like to get all seven. Mm. Then I'd say, well, each deal should be worth 5.7 deals. How many of those would you like to get? And they said, I'd like to get all five, seven. So technically we pick up 12 to 15 deals off one person. Is that right? And they say, yes. And I said, well, here's the problem. 98% of agents never call a customer back once they put them in the house. So they don't have a follow-up system. Most people don't have a seven touch follow-up system before, during, or after. Most insurance agents never follow up with the customer after they make the sale. Because I've coached some of the top insurance people in the world, selling all kinds of insurance. I've coached the top whole life producers. I've coached the top final death expense people. I've coached the top PNC guys. I mean, I've coached the best people in the world. There's always a place they go, we've gotten casual right there. Mm-hmm. We've done a poor job right there. And that's where if we just find one place that we pick up a lift, then the coaching's worth it. It's almost like a blind spot in their process. It, it is a blind spot. Yeah. Why do you think I have people coaching me? I mean, I have people coaching me on, on all kinds of things because I can't see the picture when I'm inside the frame. Right. I got people coaching me on marketing. I've been in marketing meetings today on how to do that better, how to sell the online academy. I got people coaching me on book titles, how to, how to get book deals. I got people, I mean, it's, it's, it's because I've got a, a hunger to go to another frequency mm-hmm. and I'm looking who's the right person to coach me. Who's the right person to help me play at that level. So how do you make that decision? What goes through your mind when you're making that decision? I mean, you're, you're pretty far up the ladder here. In terms of of what I consider greatness, what's your uh, process, I guess, if you will, of choosing uh, who that person is that you're going to listen to? I look at really one, a couple of big things. One, I look at demonstrated capacity. Mm-hmm. Have they shown a demonstrated capacity to do what I want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, so I was looking at Sharon Lecter. Sharon Lecter wrote the book Rich Dad Poor Dad with Kiyosaki, but what she really did was she helped take his concept of Rich Dad Poor Dad and made it global. She had a unique background in how to package it, how to sell it, how to license it, how to franchise it. So she's one of the people I looked at coaching me because I think she's a good woman, number one, but she knows something about taking a coaching program global, okay? Then I've looked at other people that have done it. I've looked at people that uh, have scaled a company quickly. 
you know, people that have scaled an idea, people that are masters at, at torching a business and restructuring it. So I look at a number of things and then I look at just, do we believe the same things? Mm -hmm. Do we line up on speed? Do we line up on how we think? I think it's very important for people when they're choosing a coach to look at what they've done, right? Mm -hmm. And I tell, here's what I tell people and, and right, wrong, or indifferent. This is what I say. If you're not earning a million dollars a year personally, then you have room for a coach. Mm. Okay. Now you get to a million personally and you're making a million dollars. I'm, I'm talking about you personally, not your business. Then you figured something out, but right. you hadn't got 10 million. Right. And you hadn't, when I wrote the book, single digit millionaire, I wrote that book. I'm not a double digit millionaire. I'm just a single digit millionaire. So, so I'm not qualified to tell you how to go from 10 million to 20. That's why I need to go to somebody who's done 20. who can show me. Right. So I'm honest about this is where I'm at. Right. Like I was trying to coach a, a guy once and this is this is humbling for me. I made up my mind that I was going to coach the wealthiest people in my city. Right. And I call, start calling people worth 20 million, 30 million, 40 million, 50 million. And I called one guy and he said, man, I love you. He said, coach, you you would be great for all my people. He said, but my net worth is 50 or 60 million. He's like, what are you going to teach me? <laughs> and, and, and I was like, well, you know, now this guy had a lot of personal things going on in his life and I knew I could help him, but it really struck a chord with me. I hadn't reached that level. I don't know how to tell him to go to, from 50 to 70 million. So what I look for when I'm picking a coach is what has that dude done? He went from here to here to here to here. He knows something I don't know. And I'm willing to pay to get that. See, this is a big problem with a lot of people. They don't want to pay to get access to people's information that you need to, you need to say, what's it worth? Is it worth a hundred thousand bucks to you? If you pick up 4 million more dollars, of course it is. You know, I was on the phone with a guy this morning that, that, that was an auctioneer. And I said, how much is each auction worth to you? He said, 1500 bucks. And I said, well, my coaching program is 1497. If I can't help you get five more deals per year, I'll give all your money back. Now, would you give me 7,500 bucks? Excuse me. If I gave you 7,500, would you give me 1500 of it back? Is that a good deal? And he's like, well, yeah, it's a great deal. And I said, well, what's stopping you from moving forward then? Because right. if I can't get you five more deals after coaching you for a year for 1500 bucks, hey, you need to get out of the auctioneering business. <laughs> and I need to get out of the coaching business. Bradley and I see a lot of people in the insurance industry that have aspirations to be a coach, to be a, uh, a consultant in the insurance business. And I think a lot of the same principles you talk about that you just spoke about probably fall in line with that as well. It's, it's hard to be a coach or a consultant when you haven't reached that level that you can, when you call on somebody, you know, but maybe, hell, they may, they may have a bigger book of business than you do. A little bit of incongruity there. Don't, I mean, it's, well, it's a big, I'm glad you said that. That's a great question. A lot of people look at coaching and what I do. I know they see me fly around on a private jet and they see me on a bus and they see me speaking in front of people and they think it's glamorous. Mm -hmm. What they don't see behind the scenes that my team sees is we make 80 phone calls a day per salesperson. They don't see us up at 4.30 in the morning. They don't see us working until 8 or 9 or 10 o'clock at night. They don't see me being on the road for 14 straight days away from my family. Like it looks glamorous. Like I, he writes books. Like I got a lot of people say, oh man, I'd love to do what you do. And then they come... And they want to travel with me for a day. And I say, well, we're leaving at 4.30 tomorrow morning. They're like, 4.30? I'll just pick a day that you leave at 8, coach. You know, like I want to fly on that jet with you, but I don't want to leave at 4.30. Right. And I'm like, well, we're, we're, we're flying to other time zones. I'm going to do four speaking engagements in Alabama that day. I'm going to get home at 9 o'clock that night. Mm -hmm. Like, like, you want to come see how hard this is? It ain't easy selling coaching to people. 
Okay. And, and what a lot of people do is they've done something or they've not done something. And then they say, well, I'm a coach. And then they start trying to coach people. And like you said, they're trying to sell the people who are actually got a bigger book of business. They've been more successful. And there's a, so there's a lot of these coaches out there that are really not coaches. Mm-hmm. They really haven't like done anything. And when I wrote the book, the anatomy of winning, that was for coaches. And, and I didn't write it until I won a championship. Like I wasn't qualified to write it. I didn't write the book on single digit millionaire until I, until my net worth was five or $6 million. I don't feel qualified to tell you to do something unless I've done it. So I played for coach Dwayne Rebol at Birmingham Southern in the early nineties. When I was 18 years old, the high school team that I played on, we made it to the final four Tuscaloosa for the five, a basketball. And that was a big deal and played with some of the best players in the state at that time. Um, but I just remember what a special time that was in my life. And every summer in July, that basketball team, we still get together at a lake house in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. And when you're a part of something like that, and even even one of the teams I played on at Birmingham Southern, still close. We still, you know, a lot of us keep in touch. But, um, you know, that was just such a special time. And I wish – one of the things I've always thought in the back of my mind, and I'm only talking to you about this because I think you've got some of the same experiences, but one of the things I've always wished is that everybody could be a part of something like that because it is so special. I don't know that I could have ever played at another level of sports and had, I mean, I, mean, I guess if I won a Super Bowl or an NBA championship, maybe it would have been better. I, I don't know. It's just so special to get to be a part of something like that. And I think from a psychological standpoint, relative to the rest of your life, I think some of that kind of carries you on into it and into success. You know, Dr. Billy Williams, who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago, he he said this, successful people always leave clues behind them in terms of when you look at their resume, you see a track record of success, success, success all the way through their life. And I think being a part of a sports team, no matter whether basketball, baseball, football, whatever it is, I think in some ways it kind of pushes you into success later on. Am I crazy to think that? No, I, I want to use a word called what you're doing is conditioning a person, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like right now, people who were not conditioned well early in life mm-hmm. don't know how to handle adversity. Right. And adversity is a departure away from the ideal scene. Like you had an idea how it's going to go, it ain't going that way. So People that were not conditioned typically through sport, like sport is such a good condition. This is why I'm so adamant that my daughter be involved in anything. She don't have to be a star basketball player, sure. but I told my wife, she's going to be involved in something that involves teams, discipline, showing up, being coach, going when she don't feel like it, mm-hmm. you know, and she came home one day and said, I don't want to go to horse riding lessons, daddy. And, and I'm like, it don't matter whether you want to go or not. You're right. going and, and you're going to learn to fight through your feelings because most people listen to their feelings. Amateurs listen to their feelings. Well, I don't feel like making calls today. I don't feel like talking to our customers. I don't feel like dealing with it. Professionals never listen to their feelings. Mm-hmm. Okay, it doesn't matter. You talk, take top athletes, you can't tell me they, they look forward to performing every single time they play mm-hmm. after they've been beat up all week. Top entertainers, you can't tell me that Journey gets excited about singing Don't Stop Believing. You know what I'm saying? After they sang it 10,000 times. like they and, have, and, they got, and they got sick the day before, and, and they've still got to go out on that stage and get it done. It don't matter. And, and that's what business people need to do. They need to toughen up. Mm-hmm. They need to understand that, that you know, that, that the harder I work, the, the luckier I am. The, the, at least I can go home at night and tell my wife, we did everything we could today to win. If we didn't win, it wouldn't because of our lack of effort. 
so what I'd like for you to do before we get off this podcast today is speak directly to these insurance agents that listen to this show and talk to them about three things that they can do to move the ball one step forward to greatness in their business life. Maybe that carries over into their personal life as well. But three key elements that you see every single successful person that you come in contact with, and you come into contact with probably more than just about anybody, three things they do that that insurance agents can implement tomorrow and start being more successful. Well, the number one thing they got to do is insurance is an easy business to become complacent in. And complacency is a gradual settling to a place of mediocrity. It is the very desired business model, you know, selling an insurance policy, getting paid on it for life, but it's very easy to move into a static position. Right. And the problem is you get, I've had insurance agents tell me, guys, I'm making $250,000 a year. I don't want to work any harder. I'm completely, and I even had one ask me this question, coach, is there a significant difference in lifestyle between 250,000 and 650,000? And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, you know the difference in making four hundred thousand more dollars in a year. I mean, of course, it's a significant difference. But in his mind, he was there, man. He was at the top of the food chain. And so, you know, I want to encourage you that it's not you versus that number. Okay, it's not. It's it's you versus your potential. It's you versus what you're capable of doing. Okay. So the prey drive. This is a book I'm working on right now that I think I'm going to get a major book deal on. The prey drive is it is it instinctual ability inside a person to see something and go get it. It's prevalent in animals, specifically dogs. A dog has a prey drive, and if you study dogs, the real reward for a dog when it's pursuing prey is not capturing the prey. It is actually the pursuit of the prey. That is the reward. The reward becomes the pursuit. Right. And if you could ever sell yourself on this concept, it's not what I accumulate or what I have or what I get. It's really the the, the ability to get up every day and go into battle and, and fight, right? I'll go back to King David. King David only got himself trouble in the Bible when he didn't go into war. See, when he was going into war, he's a great king. Right. He stayed home. The year he stayed home is when he saw Bathsheba over there bathing. That's when he got himself into trouble. Okay. <laughs> but, but, and, and here's my point. When he went into battle every year, he was great. My grandfather worked his whole life with his hands. He built cabinets. He worked the farm. He became a single-digit millionaire. And he was so active and so motivated and so on fire. I remember going and seeing him. He always had a lesson for me. And then he retired. And my mother told me it's almost as if the day after he retired, his health went downhill, his mind went downhill, his life went downhill. He skipped. The, he went from being dynamic to entropic. Okay, Joe Paterno, when they fired him at Penn State, they took away the one thing he loved, football, every single day. He was dead within six months. Look right. at Bear Bryant. How long did Bear Bryant live after after he retired? Wow. So the point is, what insurance agents have got to understand is first they got to activate the prey drive. And I really think that's the number one thing I'm a specialist at. I mean, that's what I spent my life doing is activating another gear, flipping a switch, showing people how to perform at a higher frequency. And there's certain activators of that drive, okay? Good coaches know how to do this with almost anybody. Now, second thing they got to do is they got to work the selling system. I believe roughly 16% of people you call on are going to be interested. Here's what I would tell you. For every 30 people you call on, roughly 4.8 will be interested. I just did a big thing for Farm Bureau just a few weeks ago, 160 of their agents. And I guarantee you, very few of them are making outbound calls, Mm -hmm. calling on new business. Very few are engaging with their current clients. Mm -hmm. Very few are working a sales system or a top 25 strategy. They're just, they're going to work every day and they're handling a little inbound. And because we're in a good economy, their business is growing marginally. 
but they're not exerting force and energy to it. High prey drive is intensity. It is, it is persistence. It is activation. And the top agents in the world want to do this. So I would tell you, quit comparing yourself to the person across town from you. Quit comparing yourself to who the best person is in Alabama. Start comparing yourself to who's the number one dude on planet Earth. Woo! That's who I want to be comparing myself with. Agents, you better write that shit down right now. That's unbelievable. And that's what people do. Like, you know, I was coaching a person that was number 18 or 19 in the country, and they asked me why should they renew their contract. I've been their coach for six or seven years. And, and I said, well, there's still 18 people ahead of you. I mean, if you want to stop now, if you want to stop now, we can stop. But do you want to be number one locally or do you want to be number one on planet Earth? Now, you tell me what it's going to be. I've taken a person from number 43 to number four, and I'm not going to stop till I get them number one. So that's kind of my mindset that a lot of agents need to hear. I don't so know that I'm, there's two individuals that so need to be on a podcast more than you two guys. I'm ready to pick up the phone and start calling people right now. Like, literally, just calling people. <laughs> me too. You know, you know, another hard part of this, Coach, is uh, you meet with whoever. Let's say principal agent, large insurance agency. You talk about prey drive. You talk about the things we just discussed about, you know, reaching that number one level. But then it's up to them to go back and take the things that they learned from you and implement that into their their team. Unless you're actually working with their individual team members, they're going to have to go back and implement that into their team and, and their process. Yeah, and that, that's, there's a term for that I use called slippage. Slippage in sports is between what you practiced. Mm-hmm. You know, when your coach was coaching you there in Alabama, in practice, see, he could stop it, slow it down, make you do it 10 times. Then you get in the game and you can't stop the game every every five seconds. Right. You only have so many timeouts. Well, there's a slippage between how you're how you're taught to do it and how you actually do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so what we do is yes, we coach a lot of insurance people, a lot of managers, mm-hmm. and then some of the companies have us actually coach their people. Like I'm mm-hmm. coaching successful call centers in different parts of the country where their insurance companies, most of them are selling you know final death expense or Medicare. And, and I'm coaching the managers and I'm coaching their team. Right. And that's how we decrease the slippage right there. Because there is a gap between what I know in my 25 years of coaching and what that manager knows. Sure. And so when I teach them, they may get a concept, but there may be a, a, a significant slippage between how I taught it to them and how they're actually doing it. What's the one thing from the time you coach basketball to today that you learned through your journey to get to where you are today What's the one thing you've learned that's probably been the most reticent, the, 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 the thing that's carried you the furthest? I think it's literally just pure prey drive. Let me say it a different way. I asked one day, what, if I had to give my daughter one thing, one skill that I had, right? Is it, is it intelligence? No. Is it this? No. Is it instincts? No. What I said is I just want to instill in her a tremendous prey drive, this mindset that we get up. We go get it. We don't whine. We don't complain. We don't make excuses. It's going to be a fight, but we're going to find a way to win. Right. And that was instilled in me by a single mom who, you know, really pushed me every way. You know, it was just intense, man. And uh, and and she she wouldn't let me miss a day of school. Like I didn't miss a day of school for 12 years. And it was because I'd get up and can I admit, no, sir, we don't whine. We don't complain. We don't make excuses. And I hated that growing up, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I remember my buddies got to miss. I'm like, why do they get to miss? And, you know, we, we've softened people up. I made my daughter create a schedule because she's not in school right now. And I said, if you're going to be home, you're going to create a schedule. What are you going to do from 7 to 8 a.m., 8 to 9 a.m., 9 to 10 a.m.? I want to, And she did it. 
Now, the funny thing is when I reviewed it, she had three recesses in there. <laughs> and I said, now, let me ask you a question. Do you have three recesses at the school? She said, no, sir. And I said, well, you don't need to have three recesses at home. From seven to eight, you're doing this. From eight to 10, you're doing this. Like I'm trying to put that in her. But so many people, guys, don't have it today. Here's my question to that. So if we took a pie chart, how much of the prey drive do you believe is environment, meaning you teaching your daughter, hopefully, to have that, and how much of that is just DNA? It's in you. Somehow, some way, when you were born, pixie dust, you have prey drive. Yeah, and that's a big question. You, you, see, know, you see kids five, six, seven years old that are just out shooting basketball and you know, or whatever it may be, but it's almost like they have it in their brain when they were born. I, you know, there's a lot of debate about that. Is it nature? Is it nurture? Is it combination? And I would tell you, some people just have something that you cannot put in them and you can't take it out of them. Mm-hmm. For wherever it came from, it was hardwired in their DNA. I, I got certified in the DISC profile and the DISC profile tells me and shows me we're actually developing a prey drive assessment where you'll be able, when you interview people, to assess how much prey drive they have and, and what is the number one activator because competition is an activator of prey drive, right? Environment is an activator of prey drive. The assistant that, that set this up for you guys, she came to me. She had never been pushed. Uh, that, where she used to work, they'd stop and take coffee halfway through the day. And I'm like, girl, we, they ain't never going to be a coffee break with me. Right. You better have your coffee ready. You better have already drank it before you show up. And the first couple of weeks, she cried. She'd come to work and just start crying. She's like, man, nobody has ever pushed me. I've never gone at this pace. Now she's working on Saturday. She's preparing two or three hours a week on Sunday. She's coming in. She's found another gear, man. And the, pro- and the problem is she just didn't have a good coach. She didn't have somebody like me in her life saying, you got another gear. Let's find it. So environment is an activator. Inspired by others is an activator. Fear is an activator. See, one of the number one activators of prey drive is fear. Fear of loss. Mm-hmm. What if I lose everything I built? Mm-hmm. What if I have to go back to the way I used to live? Like I'm about to do a challenge. It's a 14-day challenge. And the title of the challenge is if I lost everything, what would I go back and do over? If I lost everything I have, every day I'm going to say this to, to, to build, rebuild a coaching business. This is what I would do step by step if I lost everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do this challenge. And I'm going to put something out every single day because we're trying to stimulate. But what I would tell you hey, is, hey, let's stop right there. Okay. You're doing that challenge. Guess what? There are businesses that are doing that for real today, right now. I know. They've lost it all. They, they, they've shut down. You said it yourself. That challenge is actually being put into real world right now. Well, as soon as this thing hit in a few weeks ago, I mean, some of our own clients said that day, I'm out. Yeah. Like, I'm send everybody home. Now, that's that, and I get it. I, I do get it. I, I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that. And I think over the last 10 or 12 years, what I've tried to do is build a business that has enough excess cash, mm-hmm. right? That, that I can, that I can, that I've reinvested in certain things that I can, was, I can sustain something. Okay. Uh, you hear a lot of people talking about completely hundred percent. It's indestructible. We don't know what's indestructible or not indestructible. We don't know if apartment complexes will be indestructible. If people can't pay the rent. We don't know things that you typically think are things that there'll always people need a place to live. There'll always be people that need insurance. There'll always be people that need this. We don't know what could happen, right? right? I mean, some of my insurance people are saying, hey, people are trying to cancel. People are trying to get out of their deals. People try, what can we do? You know, that's the case with everything. You know, that's, that's so what, what's the answer to that? Continue to continue to produce so much volume. Continue to produce so much volume that when you lose some, it don't, it don't phase you. Well, you and know, I think too, you know, looking for the opportunities 
like we talked about in the beginning, you know, there's, there's so many opportunities within problems. And like you said, there's a subtle art to the pivot and finding out, okay, what are some additional revenue streams within my business that I have not focused on that I can now deep dive in? And, and we did a, I did a video a couple of weeks ago. You know, we talked to a lot of agency owners that don't want to innovate in their business and now they're forced to. And I said, look, you know, continue to do these things once everything comes back. You know, if Ricky is eight times more productive working from home, let that son of a gun work from home. Don't bring him back into the office. Look for opportunities to improve your business. Don't just try to get through this. Try to try to thrive in this environment. Mm-hmm. Well, it's battle testing you. You know, when I was a coach, I was telling my president yesterday, my company, I said, there's a certain coach I used to play against and she was good. And she beat me the first three or four years. But then I figured out how to beat her. And then I beat her, you know, six, seven, eight, ten times. But but here's the deal. She forced me to get better. And that's really what this is doing right now. It's forcing you to look, where's our untapped area? How does our selling system work? How does the CRM work? How's our follow-up? How are we doing this? Like it's it's I call it battle testing. Mm-hmm. And I said it's just a game. We're gonna figure it out, right? We're gonna try different things and some are gonna work and some are not gonna work. But this is forcing me to go online a lot more, guys. And and you know. Uh, Bradley's been telling me for years I should be doing a million dollars a month in my online academy. It's like your content's strong enough. It's just never been a focus for me because right. I had all these live events and that's where I made money. I mean, we could take a speaking engagement like where you guys saw me speak. We generated probably $150,000 from that one speaking engagement. So we can take one speaking engagement in one hour and generate 150000 of revenue. Okay, so why wouldn't I speak, you know, if we can do that? But my point is, his point is, if you're selling the online academy, it's 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 not as labor intensive. It's something they can get every single day. It's a scalable product, and he's right. right about that. Well, now now we're really taking a hard look at how we could do that much better. So we're ramping it up, we're revamping it, we're putting better content, we're getting people into the system faster. So this has actually been a good thing for that. Well, it's hey, easy to be a peacetime general. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> we're about to see who's good at being a wartime general. Hey, Coach, I, I wanted to tell you something that really resonated with me last year, and it goes back to Prey Drive and your assistant that you had that you talked about and environment and those kinds of things. I went to an industry event last year, and my friend and great Canadian, Mr. Jeff Roy, said this, and it just hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks as soon as he said it. He said, when you go in the office every day, if you're at a 7 on a scale of 1 to 10, your staff's probably at about a 4. So you've got to maintain as the leader of that organization, the higher you go in terms of productivity and and getting there early and doing what you're supposed to be doing every day, the more you do that, the more they're going to do that, the higher their level is going to go. We talk about prey drive, teaching people to do the right things at the right time and, and really learning how to work hard. Maybe that's part of it. Well, let me ask you this question. I was scheduled to be on vacation this week. It's my daughter's spring break, right? And and I just told I just told my wife, my team needs me to be there. Right. Like 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 my like like a lot of business owners, when they get in trouble, they check out. Yeah. They check out, man. They don't they just they just they don't have they don't have a coping mechanism. I'm trying to build toughness and fight in my people and show them this is how you win. So so you know, is it convenient? No, it's not convenient, but but success is inconvenient. And if you can ever get across that concept to your people where they want to come in and fight for you and with you because they see you fighting for them and with them, then you're going to build something really, really powerful. And I think too many business owners 
when they get in these spots, they move into a contraction. They're scared to death. They freak out. Everybody's scared to death. And that's not what they need to see. They need to say, look, I get up every day I, and I do it. Whether I do it from home or whether I do it from wherever, I do it. I'm right. not telling you to do something I ain't doing. Right. Coach, I want you to tell our insurance agents out there listening to this right now, how do they get in touch with you? Where can they go to learn more about you and be a part of what you offer to them? Well, what I'd like to do for your listeners is I'd like to give them something just for banging in there with us today. And uh, if they will email their name, phone number, and email to my assistant, Melissa at CoachBert.com. Melissa, that's M-E-L-I-S-S-A at CoachBert.com. What I'd like to do is give them my book on confidence, which is very good, my book on swag, my ebook, and I'll give them the book on confidence and Mel will give them the audio of, of swag. And, and listen, this is a perfect time to listen to this. Listen, because I break down confidence like a science, right? Like how do you build it? How do you maintain it? How do you protect it? How do you get it back once you've lost it? And right now, people need to be in the business of protecting their swag, not losing their swag. All you got all you got is your mindset and attitude every day, guys. That's all you got. And listen, at the end of the day, people that take away all the stuff that we've accumulated in our lives, they can't take away our courage. Mm. And they can't take away our confidence. And they can't take away our prey drive. So so just know that, that a lot, you can lose things, but you can't lose that unless you give it away. So if your listeners will email Melissa at coachbert.com, then she'll get you those assets. And just, you got to say that you're from the insurance guys podcast. Okay. But I got to have your phone number and your email and all that to get you, to get you in there, to make sure you get that. And then they can go to coachbert.com. Listen, my coaching program's at 1497 for a year's worth of coaching. If you add a boot camp, it's 1997. So for under 2000 bucks, you get old coach Bert up in your grill every week. And that might be exactly what you need is this little pit bull to be right there pushing you every week to really perform at the highest frequency. So it's very economical for people to get coached for a year uh, right now. And it's www.coachburt.com. That's right. B-U-R-T. Not like Bert and Ernie. B-U-R-T. Coach, I love you. There's probably not anybody I enjoy having on the podcast more than you. I, I'm going to figure out some way, and it probably has to be through coaching, I want to spend more time with you because I really enjoy I really enjoy talking to you and learning from you. And you're just one of those guys, man. Maybe it's because you're from the South and I'm from the South, but I, you resonate with me. When I hear you talk, it, it all makes sense. Yeah, good. Well, you guys are great. Love what you're doing. Congratulations. Keep feeding these people good material. And I'm telling you, you're going to do big things in the world. And, and, and I'd love to spend more time with you too, big guy. So we'll make it happen. I appreciate that. Guys, listen to me. We talked about a lot of things today. Man is an expert in human psychology. Guy gave you a lot to talk about. And as I always like to tell you at the end of every podcast, rewards come from action, not discussion. Offense sells tickets, and it's time for us all to pull together and come out of this thing better than we came into it in. And we've got an opportunity here to get better and reach out to our clients and and love them up and uh, do the right thing for them. And I uh, hope every one of you will do that. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. Go out when this thing's over and build relationships. Make money for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your kids, for your parents that are struggling out there. Go make money for them. Let that be your why. Let that be why you go out and do it every day. Write good business for the companies that you represent and write good business for the agencies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you, brother. I don't think you can hear me. <laughs> Guys, we will we will see you again next time on the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.
Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.